Welcome to the Commercial Disco, the journey of commercial discovery, the only show dedicated to the great stories and people driving Australia's unique innovation and tech landscape. Today I'm talking to Karen Dewey, Chief Executive of Lumi Media. I guess we would describe Lumi Media as a creative tech company, homegrown out of Sydney and Australia. Hey, Karen. Yes, that's exactly how we'd describe it. So we are a tech company designed first and foremost for creative people. Okay. Now, Karen, you've had a long career before you started Lumi Media in 2015, a long career as an executive producer and content creator. And I think earlier in your career, a reporter, a producer across commercial television and documentaries and all sorts of things. So let's talk about the genesis of Lumi Media. I've read a description of you managing a production becoming frustrated with silos of workers and difficulties around messaging and keeping things on schedule. Now, I would have thought maybe this is where the entrepreneur comes into it, but a normal person would head off and try and find some off-the-shelf software somewhere or, or some existing solution to alleviate those problems you found. So why did you feel the need to go off and, and build your own platform? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not sure that I ever did feel the need. And perhaps that's part of the thing that is part of our genesis is that I am not a very techie person. So what I saw was a problem and I saw a frustration and I was personally frustrated. So as you say, I was working over many, many years in big team productions, whether it be daily news and current affairs kind of programs, morning television, daytime television, then moving into reality shows, which were big, fast-moving turnaround productions, which is how we describe a production where the filming occurs on one day and the show is actually going to air the next day, so a very big, fast turnaround. And then I moved into factual television and towards the end of my career in television, I was supervising a very big reality show outside of Sydney, so it was outside of a metropolitan area, A crew of three or 400 people had arrived on site. So the thing about these big event television shows is that I kind of describe them a little bit like an assembly line, except it's very different to an assembly line because we are all working on the same thing. So as things move down the line, they can, in fact, go backwards and forwards as an update occurs. You can, in fact, sit three or four or five or six options in a slot waiting for an update that you need to bring in depending on an outcome of something else. So we're very much chain workers in that we're very tightly connected to each other. The way you do your job affects the way I can do my job. So I have to wait for your outcome in order to jump on my outcome. So we need to be connected and we need to be cooperative and these are very resourceful, effective people. I did not think, gee, there must be a piece of software that could do this. What I did think was, wow, my brother, who is a software architect, came to me many years ago and said, is there anything you need in television? And this was maybe 25 years ago. And I looked around this busy, crazy office full of paper and mess and people and boards with things stuck all over them. And I said, no, I can't think of a thing. No, everything's just fine. (laughs) And he said, well, just keep it in mind, you know, software, just think, is there anything you could ever need? So all I really did was go, one day I went, wow, wouldn't it be good if we could 
move things from the minute they started in our system, if we could move them through the system, because we're all trying to impact the one person or the one thing or the one story. And I just called my brother and said, hey, look, I've got this idea. And he said, thanks for that, because usually when I called him, he would say, yeah, that's great. And then he'd come back to me three weeks later and say, is this what you were talking about? And show me another piece of software. And I'd go, yeah, that's exactly it. This time he didn't do that. This time he came back and said, you're onto something. There is, there is nothing that does what you're suggesting and what you're suggesting is a really good idea and it could apply all sorts of ways across the board. So that's really where we started. And then a sort of snowball started and I was in, you know, a pretty happy, comfy job. And we saw an opportunity to really change the way things were happening, to make things better, to make things faster, to make things cheaper. And that's really where Lumi was born. Okay. You seem to you've arrived at a moment in time with technology also that kind of has made some of those feature sets really possible if you're thinking about cloud and even IoT and mobile phones and mobile devices all connected and you have this ability to do these incredibly powerful things. Before we get into that, I want to ask, what does your typical customer look like? I mean, when we talk about inverted commas creatives or creative industry, it's a pretty broad set. Who are we talking about? It is a broad set and we are talking about, firstly, we're talking about our customers are teams. So we're collaborative and that is our really important feature about Lumi. We are helping people to collaborate with each other on things. So we're trying to connect the whole team to the whole story. So our people range from the lead creative on a program, and that's whoever is in charge basically of the integrity of the narrative, holding the story, what is it we're making, why are we making it, who are we making it for. So these things are really important. You can imagine that if you're making a cop show, there are all sorts of cop shows. There's a huge difference in the execution and what you're going to achieve in that. So you have a lead creative and then that lead creative goes all the way, spans across all your departments, your challenge departments, your wardrobe departments, your scripting departments, your production departments who are in charge of traveling everybody and ensuring everybody is where they need to be when they need to be there, all the way across the system. So our customer teams have huge range in age, huge range in tech ability and acceptance perhaps. So part of our opportunity and our challenge has been to ensure that when we come on board with a team that we are not making anybody feel overwhelmed, that we are assisting the whole team to come on board and feel supported. So that's been one of the things we've really grabbed onto and our UX team work very hard at that, ensuring that everybody is supported to get in with this program because we're very much a a system that we're all in. You know, people who work on Lumi say they work on Lumi 95% of the time that everything they do has to be done there. That's part of the of what makes us work. It is everything in one place. Okay, so tell me, what does Lumi look like now? Where are your people? How many people? What kinds of roles are they in now? Where is the development effort? Where is the kind of sales effort, all of that? Yeah, so we talk about front of house and back of house at Lumi. So the two things really we've brought together are me coming with my industry experience and I have come and then poached all the fabulous front of house team from other television programs. So almost all the people in our front of house team are producers. We pride ourselves, we can walk in and Somebody can tell us about the very complex problem they have from A to B. It's usually a problem that they've got existing across a six-month period and we understand why 
nothing else has been able to solve this problem for them before. So we are quicker to be able to go, yes, we get why this wouldn't work and why that wouldn't work. Then our back of house team, led by Neil Dewey, my brother, who's the software architect and our co-founder, Stuart Campbell, is all our devs. So most of them work from Adelaide, but we have, from the very beginning of Lumi, have always been a work-from-home platform. We've never had a bricks-and-mortar office as such, and we all work from all over the country. So our sales effort, I guess we haven't got a traditional sales model. We have come to a sales model that is very much, we started with pioneering partners, which were some of the big production houses in Australia. And those pioneering partners have, it was a land and expand model, and it was very much come with us on this journey, help us develop and refine this product. We arrived with a product that was good and strong, but it needed extra testing, it needed support, it needed robustity, it needed polish. And so our pioneering partners have been really fabulous at helping us provide that. You know, pioneering partners like Australia's Got Talent is on board on Lumi. And so that's the kind of show that has thousands and thousands of cast and those cast move as acts through a rundown and through a system where they're then broadcast as part of the program. So They've been a really important pioneering partner and we've been able to learn a lot from the way they cast and how to deal with multiple casting applications. Similarly, some of our other pioneering partners have bigger centralising problems. So we have some other big reality shows on board where you've got a field team that are working in multiple locations and they're out on a shoot. They may be three months prior to the post team that are going to come on board and edit that shoot and edit all those stories into something that makes sense and makes drama and, you know, that has cliffhangers and that has interesting things and entertaining things that you're going to come and watch on screen. So you need to connect those teams. So connecting field to post is one of the biggest things we do, you know, that whatever is collected in the field when good craftspeople are out in the field collecting, producing their stories, that stuff is delivered directly to the post team with context, with meaning, with an understanding of what happened on the set and if something went wrong, what did you do to fix it or what did you do, which take was the one that we should be using What was the storyline you began following and why? So because we connect everybody to the whole story, we have editors who sort of report back that with Lumi, they get a real context for what story they're trying to tell. So if you're looking at three hours worth of vision and you're trying to understand there's plenty of interesting things or plenty of boring things either way where you're going to make cuts, what you need to know is where these cuts are going to sit in the context of the greater narrative. So that's what Loom is assisting in. So when we talk about the collaborative model or just building uh, infrastructure for teams, those production processes would seem to be pretty common across international borders, obviously. I mean, this, this is like the perfect globally addressable market, I would think, maybe with some language exceptions, I'm not sure. So what's happening from an international perspective? Firstly, how are you running a company from Australia at a time when you can't get on a plane? But secondly, what does it look like to you, those international markets? You're exactly right. This is a very global industry. The screen content industry is a global industry and it's a really cooperative industry, I would say. So we are in close contact with, you know, as producers, we would be in close contact 
with colleagues in other territories. And in fact, a lot of people, when when you talk about any of these big franchise shows, the big franchise reality shows or the big franchises quiz shows, they're made in multiple territories, 35, 40, 45 territories. There's a template for how they make them. But what happened prior to COVID was often the makers of all those shows in all those 40 territories would come together annually and discuss ideas. What worked for you? What didn't work? What did you do when this bit happened? What cast was better? Which host did you use and why did that work? So, yes, they're all making shows exactly the same way as we were. It was part of what helped me address the market opportunity here, I think, It was very clear to me I was a consultant on a show filmed internationally. Those big franchise products are very important to the companies that own them. They send producers who mind them and look after and make sure this program is being made true to its form, the way it's supposed to be made. So if anybody had been making screen content better, we'd have known about it. So we knew that there were no systems. So as soon as you start providing a service and we start solving these problems, when the Australians start saying, hey, as some of the big international companies have done recently, hey, London, look what we found, have a look and have a talk to them and see whether or not they can solve your problems too. They're very similar problems. And as I say, this is a cooperative industry. Everybody's saying we're all in this together. We're trying to find crew. We're trying to make more content. You know, there's a content explosion happening. There's the ability to make more content than ever before, but we need to be able to make it faster and better and cheaper. We need to be able to get rid of all the waste and streamline those efficiencies. So it's been a big opportunity for us. In fact, COVID, of course, it has grounded us, but we were always working like this. And our teams, it's like very busy customers who perhaps prior to 2019 would say to us, we're too busy to, yeah, it sounds great, whatever you've got, but I'm just so busy day to day answering 4,000 emails a day. Their inboxes are extraordinary. I'm too busy to listen to whether or not you have a solution. Well, COVID provided the impetus. It's like the straw that broke the camel's back. These very busy people went, this is now impossible. I am now disconnected from my team and the rest of my production team, and I'm now trying to coordinate all these moving pieces all over the place with updates that I cannot possibly manage in emails and texts and spreadsheets. I just can't manage it like this. It's provided a big impetus to say, we need to change. We need to get this better. We need to be able to be prepared for flexibility that anybody can work from anywhere. And if we're back in the office, great. If we're not, if we need to Uh, One of our teams started working with a great new model and you hear about it in the news. It's happening a lot where they shot in California and they edited in Sydney because we could provide the Sydney houses. We have another team working out of London. They would ordinarily shoot, they'd ordinarily send that great big team all to a location in Spain. This year they're not doing it like that. They're now keeping half their team in London. The gallery team stay in London and they're connected via Obviously, they are now connected to, they're only sending a cast and a very minimal crew to Spain because that's that's how they're going to be able to manage better. So if a uh, production company in London wants to come on board Lumi Media, they've heard you, heard about the platform, think it's great. You can onboard them from Australia. You can onboard them from here. Is that right? Yeah, we've been delighted to, that particular team I'm talking about, we onboarded in 15 minutes over a Zoom. 
and left them to it and all went to bed and um, kind of held our breaths a little bit. And in the morning we found that they'd um, had a very good day's work or, or night's work in our time and we're all on board and everything was fine. We Obviously we have fresh desk and and we're making sure that we're across the main hours. We make sure that when we first onboard customers that we are aware of their critical times. If they've got a big audition period or a big shoot times where we know they've got some critical issues, we pretty quick to support them. We make sure that we have people on board. Okay, now uh, this commercial disco podcast, we do like to talk about government policy. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but uh, let's go there for a minute. I mean, we all access uh, government policies in one way or another. And I just wanted to sort of talk to you about what kind of role in setting up did policy play in the success of Lumi Media? What programs have you accessed? What's been helpful? Well, the first and um, incredibly important grant that we received was a Screen Australia grant. So that's our federal funding body. It was the first and only time, I believe, that they have funded software. Obviously, I had connections to Screen Australia through my industry experience, but it required us to really jump through enormous amounts of hoops to demonstrate. They weren't interested in us demonstrating whether or not we could build a business model because they're not interested in doing that for us. They were interested in whether or not we could actually, their wording was, move the gauge in the way screen content was made worldwide. And that's the threshold we we did cross, obviously, and we received that funding. And that was enormous for us in terms of credibility, in terms of that they had searched the world and seen that this was innovative, that this was um, providing a service that could streamline our industry, that could really provide solutions, and that it was going to be coming out of Australia. Terrific. That was a, a really fabulous thing for us. We've also benefited from the Accelerated Commercialization Grant. And that was really, it was a, a really interesting process for me coming from my production experience. Obviously, I was, you know, I had to make myself a businesswoman very quickly. And so when I had to develop an application for that Accelerated Grant, Accelerated Commercialization Grant, I really just applied my normal storytelling experience, I guess, to that. And I thought, well, how does this story go? What is it we need and why do we need it? And um, from that, we established our first, what we called pioneering partners, and there were six of them. And we were able to take that, here's what we propose, partner, and six partners came on board and from there we were able to win our first and then our second commercialization grant so they were obviously extremely helpful and those are pre-revenue that's a pre-revenue program if i think is that is that correct pre-revenue program so that's a very interesting position to find yourself in you have to have a product that is uh, robust enough to sell but that is not commercialized for sale and not making revenue Okay, so look, I'm going to start winding up. Karen Dewey, Chief Executive of Lumi Media. So where are you now? Like you've had these pioneering partners as a kind of a a go-to-market. You're post-revenue now. So if you describe your trajectory, what does it look like now? Well, our trajectory, I think we would say we have ambitions to become the ubiquitous solution worldwide for, (laughs) we're not ambitious at all, for creative industries. We have started in Australia. We would be reasonably well known amongst Australian production. Our Australian partners are helping us to now reach out to UK, US, Asia, North America, all territories, because as we said, we're doing the same thing. So we now have 
as I said, we've got UK customers coming on board. So global expansion is absolutely where we intend to go now. That's what we're concentrating on from here. And I should have mentioned you're obviously venture funded. Your chair is the former Newix founder, CEO, Eddie Shee. So I should indicate to people the kind of level of interest in the company. So from a VC perspective, are you able to say who are your backers now, who is on board? No, I'd probably say that we, we have a combination of industry funders. We do have industry funders and we have private investors. So we have um, under Eddie's stewardship, we have kept things fairly tight till now, and this is where we are now um, in a phase where, well, we've just come from very big workshops on sales and development and where we'll go from here. Sounds like an exciting time. I bet you're probably itching to get on a plane like everyone else to go and uh, chase up some of those uh, international opportunities. Yes, definitely. So I'm going to finish up now. Karen Dewey, thank you very much for uh, spending time with us on Commercial Disco. Any final thoughts on your future and the future of your company? No, thank you very much, James. It was lovely talking to you. No, we uh, we are proud to be Australian and proud to be um, taking a solution to the world and doing that with our fellow Australians in production. Good on you, Karen. Thank you. Thanks, James. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Commercial Disco Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review wherever you heard us. And please go over to our website, innovationoz.com, to check out our recent stories on tech, innovation, and public policy. Or you can follow us on social media to ask us any questions or be a guest on the show. Until next time, this is the Commercial Disco wishing you a great week ahead.